0: Personalized learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt. I'm Courtney. We're gonna talk about data today after you tell us what we do on this podcast. We
1: talk about the do-dos and the don't do's of personalized learning.
0: And now we're gonna talk about data. Now
1: we can talk about data or data, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off.
0: And we'll see you next week.
1: Okay. All right. (laughs) It
0: was a great talk. So with data. We have been looking at data in our districts the last few days about oh, some random things. Yes. And there's lots of... Data. Lots of data, <laughs> first of all. And a lot of the requests that, that I've had from the teachers that I work with are, we want all of it to begin with. We're looking at all the raw data. Oh, yeah. Uh, because uh, they want to see trends from uh, individual student data. and They want to see some things. And... I totally get that, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that can be a little overwhelming.
1: Yeah, that's why my initial reaction was like, whoa, really? Yeah, because raw data is uh, raw. a behemoth. <laughs> it's raw. It's
0: a raw behemoth. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on with it, right? So yeah. we, we try to provide summaries and graphs and easier ways to look at it, right? which I think is more appropriate to begin with. And then you could dig into some raw data. right? So you don't want to start with that at the beginning. And one of my jobs is to like provide some of that data and summaries and and facilitate some of those discussions yes but it's about getting the right type of summary yeah. also oh
1: it, well i thought you were going to go even deeper and say it's about the right data well I like, mm-hmm.
0: I, hopefully that's apparent <laughs> but let's talk about that let's talk about that a little yeah. bit
1: what is the right data well uh yeah um so what is the appropriate first quest first response to uh what is the right data
0: Well, let's Let's go even before that one. What are we doing with the data that we are collecting?
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly what I right? wanted. Right. So yeah. what? Well are, done. You read my mind. What are the questions
0: <laughs> that come out of the data that we're collecting? Right. What do we want to find out? What are you trying to are find out? Why are we collecting data? Why?
1: What's the purpose? Yeah. What's the purpose?
0: So one of the purposes in the in the district of what I've what we're doing right now, and I think the same way in your district, we're looking at a hope survey. Yes and ask a whole bunch of questions. It turns out to be what, about 20, 25 questions, something like that total? Yeah, I think so. In general, somewhere around there. It doesn't really matter. Right. But there's a, there's a lot of data there. And we're asking it of learners, we're asking it of staff. So you've got hundreds of pieces of data with answers to questions which are just there. Yep. So the question that I've gotten from some of my teachers is, so what are we doing with this? Right. What, what are we doing? So what are we doing with that data? Why do we want to know about whether it's test scores and we collect all these things or, or questions and surveys you know in general what what right. are the questions we're trying to figure out? why are we asking these questions and I think that is where you can really think about the questions that you're designing because yeah be, be, or I
1: think that even can point you just in the direction of what type of Data collection tool you, you want.
0: Oh, that's it too, right? Because a survey is not the answer to everything.
1: No, and sometimes you want the raw test data. Sometimes you want all of, you know, a, a common one is the NWEA scores. That's mm-hmm. data. Like this HOPE survey, that's a different kind of data. It's sur- they measure different things, but, you, right. get, you know, they're used for different purposes. So, like, it's almost like in order for data to be useful, you've got to answer that number one like, what is it we want to measure and why?
0: And that's really the whole reason we're doing all these data collection things, right? Right, so why are we doing test services? We're we're doing surveys. They're in order to answer questions. Right. But I think a lot of times we miss what those questions are. Oh, totally. We don't even ask the questions first. We're like, oh, the data, what's it telling us? Right.
1: It's like, well, what data are we being given? Yeah. Instead, okay, let's use that data instead of like, wait, hold on. Should we use this data? You got to be
0: purposeful. Does
1: it actually. Help us answer the question we were asking. So, what what question are you asking in your district that leads you to use the Hope Survey? And maybe you should just quickly explain what that is for listen, listeners who maybe don't know.
0: Sure. So, the Hope Survey is something that was put out by Gallup a few years ago. Yep. Uh, from their education division, and they're really asking uh, learners in schools uh, different things about the the culture of the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, uh, basically, that's that's the whole thing. It's looking about culture of the school, but whether um, like they have best friends in school, whether they can do what they what they like to do each day, how they're treated. Uh, so it's about hope, engagement, and well-being. Mm. And you're trying to collect some data in order to help with some of those things that how you can design curriculum, how you can like treat your kids. Um, so I think it's a really good snapshot of where a district might be with it, the culture of their school and their district, mm. mm-hmm. trying to figure out some next steps of how, to, how are we treating these kids? What are they telling us? Because a lot of times we don't ask the kids. Right. Right? So this is one way to get at some of that data that's not test data. Because I think we all know at this point test data is not the best all the time.
1: Right, it has specific purposes. It has purposes,
0: right? Yeah. And we, right now, I think schools treat test data as like the end all be all. Right. Of, oh, I agree. Everything. I think so, I think so too. And I think those questions are starting to be asked. Like, is this really telling us a good picture of what our schools are like? Right. And realizing the answer to that is no, and looking for something else. And in my district, this was one of the ideas: is here is something else we can do, mm. where we'll collect we'll collect data on a long term basis and try to figure out are our schools doing better at these type of things or not. Right and in in my district we haven't done a lot with it yet still trying to figure those things out right you know building a culture of a school is not the easiest thing to change overnight
1: no Uh,
0: you need some some planning and you need some some leadership and you need some buy-in right if you're going to change the culture of a school you need people to help you with that and unless you have data to help support those conversations you're just talking right right you're just trying to come up with ideas that maybe some people believe in some people don't but if you have data to back it up they might be more apt to say you know what our learners are telling us something that different than what we're thinking maybe so, we should talk about that so
1: here's a here's a question I'm gonna drag you down this direction <laughs>
0: <laughs> thought you were just gonna drag me down
1: there so <laughs> no 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 okay. I'm gonna veer us off into a direction so how do you feel about the use of data as part of the culture of a district or a school
0: i think it gives a good basis to talk from okay because you can read a lot of the books trying to develop culture and things uh and a lot of it is just we need to do something better so let's try this Mm -hmm. but there's no research behind it right Mm -hmm. a a lot of the things that, that that i try to do is is when I I talk to teachers and and talk to administrators and talk to legislators and whoever it may be, is have some data to back it up. Mm. Not just these are my thoughts because I think I'm a smart person and this sounds good to me. Mm. It's like, no, I think this, because here's what the data is showing me and that is telling me these things, that's my interpretation of these things. Maybe we can have a larger conversation about what that data means to you and have better results of that as a result of that. Mm. So I think the data is something to back up what we're talking about all the time. I'm I'm a big fan of having data and not just belief, a belief system, but some data to back that sort of thing up that not finding the data that works for you because that's doing the backwards are out there. Yeah. But trying to figure out, okay, what is the data telling us? Ask some questions from there. Try to develop some type of, of plan from what the data is saying to improve the data in the places that we want. And if there, and and then continue doing it, right? So you continue gathering that data until you're either fixed or in the pathway that you want, and then maybe collect some different data as Mm -hmm. those questions come up. Um, If you have different questions that are coming up in these conversations that the data cannot tell us, well, how do we,
1: how do you find the data? How do we find that data?
0: And what is that going to be telling us? And right. that, honestly, is the tricky part right there. Yeah. is trying to come up with, okay, so how do we do this? And like I said before, a survey is not always the answer because surveys, people think, yeah, I'm going to my stats teacher route here. People <laughs> think that surveys are like the answer to everything, right? You, you can put questions well, you out can, and you get You can them
1: manipulate back. the results so easily. That's the thing. Yeah. If, really with can. a poorly
0: worded question. <laughs> yeah. So, for instance, I get, I get mail all the time, right? fill out the survey and send it back and it's obviously going to lead you down a path that do you you know I'm not even gonna start with it because they're all political (laughs) ones, but they're worded so slanted yeah if you don't answer that I guess why are you joining that organization like the Sierra Club or something and trying to save the environment uh, do you think climate change is going to burn all of our forests and <laughs> have sea level rise and right. ruin all the cities? Uh, how do you feel about that? <laughs> it's like I think you just kind of told me.
1: Um. Yeah.
0: So yeah, surveys
1: it, are not.
0: It's really, the end, it's all, really, tr- t- it's really tough to design great surveys that are unbiased, that tell you the data you want, and. I'll give you an example right now. This was what this is a great one that I just heard the other day. So we have a presidential election coming up. Yes, we do. In the Democratic primary, there's approximately 4 million people running <laughs> at this point. I was
1: wondering what you were going to say. Yeah, there's a lot.
0: There's a lot. There's 20 plus right now, <laughs> oh right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So one of the theories on the five thirty eight podcast is they're, they're talking about the leaders at this particular point, that the leaders clearly like Joe Biden, mm. Bernie Sanders, etc., and their theory is if they take a different type survey and don't ask you who you support from a list mm-hmm. of 21 or whatever, uh, if you just have to come up with your who you're supporting, uh, those percentages of like Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are cut in half immediately. And uh, there's a lot of undecideds or I don't knows. And their theory behind that is, if you're picking from a list, you're picking the one name that you know.
1: But isn't it the same if you're writing in? Oh no, I guess you would put a little more thought into it. Right. So, so if I'm like,
0: okay, Courtney, who are you support in the Democratic primary? Uh, Joe Biden, Andrew Yang, Marianne Williamson, or Jay Inslee?
1: I have to pick.
0: And you have to pick one. You're like,
1: Mm. I've heard of Biden. He used to
0: be vice president. Right. I'm going to choose him. I don't know who the other three people are. Right. And suddenly you have that, but it's like Courtney, uh, who do you support in the Democratic primary?
1: Um, I don't know yet. Still. And still that, that up. has been
0: the fascinating part mm. is that they think it's name recognition. Yeah. So again, as simple as like a who do you support? If you're picking from a list at this point, it being May of 2019, we're a long way from any debate, any primary these people aren't known yet people right. just don't know who any of these people are yeah. except the ones you already know like joe biden like bernie sanders because he ran last time uh maybe some people have heard of like kamala harris yeah. and cory booker because they're senators but they're senators that i don't know all hundred senators yeah right
1: all right so i'm going to steer us back towards education not that the surveys is are awesome are you telling me <laughs>
0: Yes. So the point of that <laughs> yeah. one before you steer back is surveys really need to be designed well. Right. Otherwise, they're going to be biased and give you bad data that you're going to make decisions on bad data. And that's a terrible idea.
1: That's just bad.
0: Steer us back. See, you did drag me down. <laughs> a
1: path. No, you dragged your, You went down that one yourself. It was all, it was all me. It was all you. <laughs> so, all right. So so data is important for for building, well, I I was about to say for building culture. Yes, that's true. But in in what you were talking about in your district and in my district, um, using that HOPE survey and the data from there is important for assessing culture and sustaining culture and developing culture. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, um, using data should be a part of the culture of a school. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious if you, um, like, well, I, I don't know if wonders wonders are listening. If listeners are wondering, like, so what is this? Maybe wonders are (laughs) listening. That would be amazing. What could this actually look like? Like, what are signs that a school values and data use is part of just the culture and how they do things?
0: Say that again. Yeah,
1: so like, if you were to walk into a building, how would you know? Like, what would be some signs that... Oh, that's um, a great great data question. is data use is a part of that culture
0: so i'll go so i'll start with some of the obvious ones yeah some great. Of the, so <laughs> that's what i'm good at <laughs> pointing out the obvious <laughs> so one thing you can see if you have like data walls in the classrooms okay. or, or a teacher room or something that yeah. there's there's just stuff that clearly is being used on a if not daily at least regular basis by teachers, by learners, uh, potentially by teachers uh, among themselves, like if it's in a teacher's room or something. Mm-hmm. So that's an, that's a really obvious one that you don't even have to like, There can be nobody in the building. Right. And, and you would know that, okay, something's going on here that is a little bit different. Um, sometimes if you hear the conversations among teachers as mm-hmm. you're walking through the hallways, if they're talking about the data, if they're talking about ways to organize, if they're talking about individual kids, and this is what I'm seeing, you can kind of overhear a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not as obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be a little. You
1: have to dig a little. bit. You have to
0: dig a little bit, right? You, you can't just wander the hallways and, and see that. But I think those are two pretty apparent ways. If mm-hmm. if it's part of the culture, I assume you have more.
1: Um, yeah, I think I can. Yeah, I think flexible grouping. If you're seeing flexible grouping, there's mm-hmm. a good chance um, that is based on some kind of. De- uh, how do you know data.
0: if how do you know if teachers are flexibly grouping?
1: Um, Well, I think you might see, um, if you happened into a classroom at the, kind of at the, actually at any, let's say you're wandering in during math instruction time, Mm -hmm. um, you might see a few things. You might see different groups working with the teacher. You might see some kids, like, come back to the classroom Mm -hmm. or go to another classroom. you might see like a, almost like an entire switch of the group for math instruction like different kids come into the room all together and then um there there, there would be clear signs that not everyone is getting the same thing
0: so i'm thinking it's a i've heard this in some of the schools that i work in yeah uh, by some of the not some of the people who are not part of that flexibly grouping right that they're seeing like kids going back and forth by classroom yep. kids are in the hallways yeah kids are switching just kind of it looks random sort of and it's really confusing because you look at the traditional places and they're you know you shut the door and some of the questions i've got from some parents for instance are what the heck's going on (laughs) you know it looks like chaos yeah how does anybody know what's going on
1: because they've got records
0: and yeah and then it's it's once you once you talk to them and it's like well this is how they're doing this and this is what they're looking at and then the conversation Quickly turns to, well, that makes sense. Why doesn't everybody do that? Yes, that's the good part right yeah. there.
1: Um, so I think some other signs uh, that you might see that aren't as obvious, um, but that you that you should see if you were kind of spending a day or two just observing in a school that um, teams when they meet mm-hmm. always have some kind of data with them, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's larger data like Hope Survey type stuff or NWA data, or whether it's smaller data, right. Um, Like, and it could be simple as teams just, you know, counting how many, um, you know, like uh, we used to give out high fives on on my team when I was a teacher. It was like the positive, you know, reward thing. Like just keeping track of how many high fives went out that week. Like that's 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 data. That's data.
0: Yeah, that's data. You know,
1: so things like that. It could be smaller, um, smaller data like that. But they've always got something that they're looking at. Right. Um, to help discussions and help decisions. Yeah.
0: Well, that's the thing, right? The data should help inform the decisions. Yes. Not just we're looking at data because we have to or right. we're looking at data because um, it's something that we feel we should be doing. Right. There has to be some question you're asking with a decision made from that data. And the, the nice part about it that I think some of some of the teachers that I work with are starting to ask is, like, this data is not – Enough. Yeah. I need some different data. Right. And now they're asking a different question, which is exactly right, and trying to figure out, okay, yeah. so what is that data that I need at this point? Right. And I think one of the keys, I got an email from a teacher this morning that works in my district about the HOPE survey and talking about the HOPE survey that we gave to staff this year in our district for mm. the first time. And uh, this teacher is, is saying in his email, which went out to everybody, oh. saying... It seems like the point of this survey for staff is to get a handle on how staff are doing amongst themselves and the the whole self-care kind of movement that we're talking about with social emotional learning, not just for learners, but for teachers also, that teaching is a very difficult and stressful job. It is. And a lot of times, teachers, administrators, educators in general, don't step back and say, you know, I might need one of those, you know, mental health days, right? This is when I started teaching all those years ago. Mm-hmm. That was one thing that I never quite understood. It's like, you know, you're just teaching. It's not that hard it was first year. How did I know? <laughs>
1: you knew nothing. I, I, knew, I knew nothing, Jon Snow,
0: <laughs> at all. And I was like, why do you need a mental health day? It's, you know, teaching is not that. You get to talk to kids every day. This is fun. And after a while, I was, I was like, say, three weeks oh, days. yeah. You're like- yeah, and on my second day, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> holy crap. <laughs> so it's, it's really a big deal. But, okay, so how do we support that in schools? Yeah. And as far as I know right now, we don't. That's just not, not the really way it is. Yeah. So with the whole social-emotional learning movement that I think has happened over the last few years, and my district is trying to figure out how to support that, realizing that staff needs are also a huge part of that. Because what staff is thinking definitely filters down to our kids, mm. unconsciously most of the time. But kids are aware of what the adults are doing. Yeah. And if they are stressed out and if they are not feeling it and they're not getting along with people, that's going to come out in the classroom to the kids and then they feel it. Mm-hmm. And then we've then we've got some trouble. And I know winter is always a tough part, especially up here in Maine, that winter lasts from, what, October to last week? Yep and I think
1: it's coming back next week but anyway excellent excellent news
0: Uh, so it's it's a struggle sometimes so how do we actually keep that alive that teachers need help also that it's not just about our learners we also need the teachers and again not just the teachers but the ed techs and the food service and custodians and bus drivers how do we get all of that to be consistent and help them through whatever they need right right and how do we collect that data and I think This teacher is making a great point that it looks like we're making an effort for the employees now, which is long overdue. And we're starting to ask the questions of like, so what does that look like? Mm. Because I don't think anybody knows. Yeah. But how does that look like? The teacher was asking about it looks like we get to maybe develop some professional development as a result of this data that we're collecting. Mm -hmm. And that will also help us not just in our teaching abilities, uh, but to like be able to be there for kids. Right. And I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was very well written, nice. which I clearly did not do a good justice there, so I'm sorry. But <laughs> it was it was really nice to see that somebody is getting that right there and they're going to ask those questions about what do we need? That's awesome. That's good. Here's data. Yeah. Here are some questions. If this data isn't working, what other questions can we ask? What other data can we collect to get better at what we're doing? Right. I loved it. I think That's it was I thought it was awesome. And so it so gets right back to the the, asking questions about the data, making decisions, then asking further questions for mm. more data.
1: And first knowing why you want the data. And
0: that was it. Sometimes we don't. And so and that's,
1: that's true. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes some, we just we give just, tests and things because that's how we do it. Right. Um, but more often than not, we should be thoughtful and intentional about the data we collect.
0: And if you are collecting some of that data for no apparent reason,
1: you ask, can those, stop. ask those <laughs> questions too, if there's no
0: earthly yeah. reason that you can come up with with why am I doing this yeah. then maybe rethink that a little bit yeah. and what are the questions you wanna you want get out of the data?
1: All right that
0: was pretty good though. that was good. I hope so. yeah, I think so. What do we have upcoming over the next I don't know four or five years?
1: <laughs> Whoa <laughs> so let's go,
0: let's go let's go first. I'll start this one. So Courtney and I will be in Nebraska in June.
1: Yeah, we're going back to Nebraska. Yeah, it's a wonderful
0: place. Uh, we will be in Lincoln in third week of June or so. I forget the exact date. So like the 18th, 19th, 20th, something like that. 17, 18, 19. Yeah, there Just you came go. to me. <laughs> right. 17, 18, 19. We'll be there. Um, we are going back to InaCall in the fall. Yes. That is in Palm Springs, California. Registration's open for that now.
1: Right, and you know what? Or maybe we... We'll be there. We'll be there. You'll have plenty of opportunities to interact with us.
0: Yeah, so you can come to the Voices Hub. Yeah. Because we'll be there. Right. Were you just gonna go this? We have a session.
1: Yeah, I wasn't sure we we could actually announce that yet. It is. We've but... been accepted. Okay, perfect. So okay. we're giving
0: a two hour and fifteen minute session about learning menus. Yeah. Uh, that is going to be on the Wednesday day. So make sure you <laughs> stick around until Wednesday. Wednesday I think day. we leave Thursday, right? Yes. Yeah. So the the conference is like Monday to Thursday. Uh, so we'll have the Monday at, I don't know when, sometime Wednesday.
1: <laughs> you,
0: I forget. That made no sense. I forget. I think it was like we'll at noon. There. I don't know when it is. Anyway. It's <laughs> so we'll be there. So we'll also be in Atlanta uh-huh. in November yes. at another Personalized Learning Conference. So if you are heading to that one, we'll put some of these links into the show notes yeah. so you can find out where they are, which means I have to do that. Mm. Um, but we'll be in Atlanta to do some more uh, podcast interviewing of folks. So if you're there... We'd love to talk to you. And uh, after that, I kind of, I don't know, maybe the four or five years thing that I said. Yeah, was that was a little, ambitious. that was
1: where, I mean, we have plans through through November. That's pretty sweet.
0: We're playing, and the pod is going to be doing something a little bit different next year. Yes, we the have. Same, oh,
1: do we have plans for the pod?
0: We are going to have the same format.
1: And it'll still be Matt and me. Well,
0: that's good. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: Hey, listen, guys, I have to tell you something. Don't, don't tell Matt, though.
0: Personalizing right? with Courtney and question mark. <laughs> and she's telling me right now. Holy moly. So we're still going to be weekly next year. Because uh, yes. I think this format's good for us. But we have, we have some plans yeah, we for do. doing things that yeah. we haven't quite fleshed out yet. But we will. And we'll let you know. And we'll let you know. Uh, with, oh my. With that, All I think right. we're just about done here. Yes,
1: for. follow us. Um, please leave us a review and yes. rate us on iTunes and share us with a friend.